So maybe some of you have been away uh, somewhere on a skiing holiday or a sun holiday or down to Valley Bunyan uh, or somewhere exotic. And when you come back, you know, you, can, you, can, you, you have great elated terms to explain how it was. How was it in Spain? All oh, ads. The weather was absolutely incredible. Sky, blue skies night and day. No, blue skies during the day, starry skies at night. Great food, absolutely fantastic. Uh, when skiing in, in Austria, absolutely amazing, perfect slopes and, you know, great food and uh, all this kind of stuff. So we know how to sell, if you will, what we like. Um, I'm guessing... Jesus never intended on being a travel agent. What's the kingdom of God like? It's like a mustard seed. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Keep going, Lord. Which a man took and threw in the garden, and it became a tree, and the birds of the air came. <laughs> okay. That's great, Lord. I'm not really, sorry. I'm just not really... This is what heaven is like. It's like a bush with some birdies in it, like... <laughs> Okay, well, maybe okay. he gets a second shot. What's the kingdom of God like? It's like a yeast. Yeast. Uh, that gets thrown in with a bit of flour and away we go. Ah, that smelly, gooey, brown stuff that makes bread explode. Okay, sign me up, I suppose. You know, I mean, it's not really, they're not really the best. Um, I'm not... I'm not taking from what the Lord is saying now at all I'll, I'll, I'll get there in the end don't worry I'm just saying like initially if you look at these at face value um, we're not really getting a clear picture of what heaven is like okay it's like a mustard seed it's like a bush or it's like a, a, a yeast okay so again the Lord wants us to, to look a little deeper into these things because he's not saying that heaven is full of bread and he's not saying that it's full of bird filled bushes either uh, so what is the Lord talking about? And the way I heard it explained uh, by Father Paul, actually, uh, which I quite like, is that what, the Lord, what do these kind of uh, these elements have in common? So a small mustard seed and a relatively, comparatively small amount of yeast in comparison to the amount of flour you mix it with. The point he's trying to make, the point he's making, is that there's something small here which changes everything. Right? There's, something, there's, a, there's a small thing here which changes everything. So, mustard seed, remember he, he's, he's mentioned elsewhere, it's the, a tiny, the, the, the mustard seeds are tiny. I mean, I could actually hold one up here, but you wouldn't see it. They're microscopic, they're like a grain of sand, basically. And that's thrown into the earth, and then it becomes something far bigger than it was originally, you know, a tree. And then in that tree, then, there's safety, there's shelter, there's... Um, yeah, well, other mustard seeds, fruit. Okay, so same with, with, with the yeast. You put in a little, a little yeast, and you get an, an awful lot of, of expansion in your bread, rising in your bread, because of a small bit of yeast. Too much, and she's enormous, not enough, and it just stays like a pancake. So, but a small bit of yeast changes, it changes the bread completely. It's like dough without it. Uh, so a small bit changes everything. So this is the point that a, something small here changes everything. So what is it that the kingdom of God is like that something relatively small makes possible? Is that a complicated question? Uh, so the kingdom of God is like something, right? Something, something small that changes everything. What is that something? That something is, is love. Because we can do all of our actions externally, and they all might look exactly the same, with or without love. But it's love that changes everything. 
it's, it, it's the love with which we do our, our actions, our, our work, our floor cleaning, our office work, our emailing. It's, it's, it's the, the love with which we do it that changes everything. Because the kingdom of God is what? The kingdom of God is a kingdom of love. God is love. So entering into his kingdom is only possible when we become people who, who love, people who know how to love, people who know how to, how to sacrifice ourselves in favor of the other. Love, in God's mind, is, is self-sacrificial. It's not, it's not pleasure-seeking. It's not self-seeking. So this is what this, this gospel means, that, that, these, that this relatively, apparently small thing, as I say, doing what we do out of love, it changes everything, which it does. And this is, where, this is why that, that, that particular gospel is paired with uh, St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians 5.21 until... 33 and this uh, reading is it's often on the list of suggested readings for weddings and it's never ever chosen as one of the readings for a wedding unless they ask me if the priest if the couple ask me what reading would I like I say this uh, Ephesians 5 21 to 33 and very often <clears throat> verse 22 is left out and even in our particular missile here Verse 22, someone put it in brackets, <laughs> which means someone read this reading before and left out verse 22, right? So um, I won't show you, but yeah, it's, here, it's here in brackets. So someone left it out. Uh, it wasn't our dear reader this morning. Kieran did a great job, left it in. Uh, but okay, what does this reading say and why is it so uh, contentious? Give way to one another in obedience to Christ. Wives should regard their husbands as they regard the Lord. Verse 22. Since as Christ is the head of the church and saves the whole body, so is a husband the head of his wife. And as the church submits to Christ, so should wives to their husbands in everything. I love reading that, or I love seeing that being read at a wedding, because you've all of these ladies with their tans and eyelashes and weapons, ten weapons, known, otherwise known as fingernails in the front row going, mm-hmm, ain't happening in my house, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then, then I have to stand up then and, and give a homily on it. And it's so interesting because what does it say here? It says, it says, Christ is the head of the church and saves the whole body, so is the husband the head of his wife? Husband the head of his wife. Okay, that really sounds so politically incorrect today. It sounds awful. So it's saying, like, this is a mem- this is member Saint Paul writing. So, and he's saying that 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 the husband should be the head of his wife, and that again, that just sounds awful to us. That wives should regard their husbands as they regard the Lord. So that might sound difficult, maybe even demeaning. But balance that with what Saint Paul says next, right? Balance that with what St. Paul says next, because this reading isn't aimed at women, okay? It's got the, it's in the part that's aimed at women, part that's aimed at men. It's balanced. So the next line is what? Husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church and sacrificed himself for her. That's the next line. Husbands should love their wives. How? As Christ loved his church. And how did he love his church? He spoke the truth hated by the crowds, flogged to within an inch of his life, crown of thorns put on his head, 
a, mock, a cloak of mockery put on his back. A cross loaded upon him, which he had to drag up a hill, to which he was nailed, and died after three hours of agony. This is what husbands are called to do for their wives. What woman has a problem with that? What woman has a problem with it with a man who's willing to do that for her? In fact, if anything, having a man like that in her life, in her family, in her home, why would you not want to follow him? When he, when he has shown through his actions that he's willing to sacrifice himself for you. What, what a gift to know that you're, 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 you're treasured, you're reverenced, you're protected by a man like that. So what we're talking about here, what this whole reading is about, it's about mutual self-sacrifice, mutual self-giving. Because I love you, I renounce myself for you. Because you love me, I presume, I hope, on occasion you'll renounce yourself for me. So there's this mutual self-giving. And I give myself to you and you give yourself to me. And I sacrifice myself for you and you sacrifice yourself for me. And I give up some of my opinions and my time in favor of you. And you give up some of your opinions and some of your time in favor of me. And this is how it works. This is how, this is how love works. It's self-sacrificial. And it seems small, you know, to renounce an, an opinion or what you'd like to do with a certain uh, holiday or money or room, decorating a house or whatever it is. Uh, just some occasion where you, where you can renounce your opinion. And, and you do so. It, it's just motivated by what? By something apparently small, love. But it changes everything. It's what makes a marriage livable. Because if you have someone in a marriage who will never, ever back down and never, ever change their opinion and never, ever say they're sorry and never, ever show love, never, ever lift someone else up, how on earth can that marriage survive? So all of this is motivated by, by that apparently small thing, love, love. Because I love you, I will serve you. Because I love you, I'll say sorry. Because I love you, I'll, I'll do everything I can to not hurt you. Because I love you. So we ask the Lord today to renew our, renew today, to renew today, that today, I can live a life of love and whatever I'm doing, whatever, if it's study or if it's work or if it's uh, cutting grass or working in an office or whatever I'm called to do today, that everything I do might be transformed into love and that I might learn how to do this on a daily basis, to live a life of love in here, in here, to choose love, to choose him, to choose God over everything. Amen.